Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of Smart Guard and Pig Flow. To learn how Pig Flow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, Hypor Genetics, Swine Robotics, SwineWeb.com, and Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hog Hearth. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today we're going to talk about navigating a post-weaning E. coli challenge with Dr. Yanman Shen. How are you doing today, Yanman? Good, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing really good. Excited to talk about this with you as this is on the minds of a lot of producers as E. coli has really posed a lot of challenges, especially in nurseries right now. Before we get started, could you give us a little bit of your background and, and how you got involved with the swine industry and what you do today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I am a, a PhD in swine nutrition in training. I got my PhD from uh, North Carolina State University uh, in 2009, uh, and uh, I actually started in 2009, finished in around 2013. Uh, I did a lot of my research in the nursery um, in the nursery area uh, about the nutrition, amino acid nutrition. And uh, after that, uh, after the graduation, I joined uh, Provimi North American and then uh, Cargill uh, as their nutritionist and innovation leaders uh, for their uh, for their feed platform. So I worked there for about five years uh, as a nutritionist and innovation leader. So has been dealing with a lot of uh, nutritional nutrition related uh, swine, and, you know, uh, innovation and, and issues. Um, and then uh, recently, about three years ago, I joined APC um, uh, as their technical director uh, uh, for, for SWINE. So I've been doing this uh, for about three years. So you were at North Carolina State. How did you like North Carolina versus uh, Iowa? Well, I, I like I actually like both places. Uh, North Carolina is a warmer climate, right? And you have a lot of more, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot warmer than here in Des Moines, Iowa. But uh, and you know, Iowa is where the lot of hog is at, and uh, you know, as a as a swim profession, and this is a good place to be at. So is uh, North Carolina. We have a lot of big system in North Carolina too, right? So yeah, I think those are good good place to be at. Yeah, absolutely. My I was actually born in Eastern Carolina, and my fiance went to uh, Eastern Carolina for her master's. So it was always a good excuse to go down to North Carolina for the great weather and the beaches and everything. Anyways, <laughs> we're hearing a lot about E. coli reemergence in the U.S. Could you tell me a little bit about what E. coli is and why it's a problem? Yeah, and so you know. You- I mean, it, it, it's a it's a very big problem right now. And matter of fact, if you go, you know, just go on National Hog Farmers website and, and search E. coli, you can see a lot of veterinarian group are publishing articles in the in the past year or two about E. coli and talking about the post winning E. coli challenge and resurgence of this uh, E. coli uh, issues. So it it is a very big problem for the industry. 
you know, let, let me just uh, really quickly talk about what is E. coli and, and, you know, just give the audience some background knowledge about these bacterials. That'd be great. Um, yeah. You know, E. coli is actually a, a very common bacterial that lives in the intestinal uh, tracts of healthy animals and even humans, too. Um, matter of fact, uh, the first identification of E. coli is in early 80. 1885 uh, from a infant feces. So it's hmm. a, yeah, so it's, it's a very uh, common bacteria uh, and uh, it has a long history, right? Um, most type of E. coli are harmless and they just stay in your GI tract, does not cause any issues. However, there are a few strains can cause problem like post-weaning diarrhea, sudden death, and gut edema disease. And one of the you know, the, the strains are causing issues or, or particular of concern for swine industry is what, what it called ETEC, which stands for enterotoxigenic E. coli. So basically, this strain of E. coli produce powerful toxins, and those toxins can cause issues for, for, for pigs, especially for, for um, neonatal pigs and wind pigs. And there are three main type of toxins this ETEC produce that will cause harm to the, to the baby pigs. Uh, one is called LT, heat uh, label um, um, toxin. Uh, and the other one is uh, heat stable toxin, which stands for its, its ST. So LT and ST, those two toxins um, cause a, a local issue at the GI tract. Basically what they does and the toxin does is uh, um, interacting with the uh, GI tract epithelial cells and causing the epithelial cells to excrete, um, for example, chloride and, and some other uh, ions into the GI tract. And that, that cause imbalance of the electrolyte and cause diarrheas. So those toxins, those two toxins, LT and ST, are causing diarrheas. There are a, a third type of toxin. It's called Syncotoxin, uh, and this is a, um, a more problematic toxin because this toxin can be absorbed in the bloodstream. Uh, so they can circulate in the bloodstream, causing systemic damages. Um, so, for example, the, the edema disease we're seeing in the, in, the, in the pigs and some of the neurological uh, clinical signs are all coming from this uh, syncotoxin. Uh, so, ETEC is of concern for, for the pigs. This is the particular strain are, are ca causing issues. And three toxins, uh, LT, ST, and syncotoxin, those three toxins are big issues as well. In, in the for baby pigs, um, you know, typically the E. coli issues manufacture itself in baby pigs, right? Either neonatal before weaning or just after weaning or couple of weeks into the winning, um, that's where you see those E. coli issues. As a matter of fact, there are two different types of ETEC are causing those, those, uh, those issues. So if the pig are experiencing post-winning diarrhea, really bad post-winning diarrhea, or before winning they have diarrhea, typically that's caused by a, um, K88 uh, ETEC. That K88, it's just a, a way to uh, um, um, describe uh, uh, the fem uh, uh, fem femboria uh, on their uh, on, on their 
on, on the on E. coli's skin. So there are two types. It's one is F4 K88, the other one is F18. So those are very distinct two types of ETECs are causing issue. Again, K88 causes issues for neonatal pigs for you know causing um, you know uh, diarrhea issue mainly, and F18. Uh, it's more of an issue for uh, edema disease or neurological uh, sign and disease because the F18 is the one express this uh, single toxin. K88, on the other hand, does not express, typically does not express this single toxin. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's quite fa- fascinating. Yeah, so when you look at that, what types of mortality issues are resulting from this? How severe is the mortality issues that you're hearing? And uh, what are some of the theories about why E. coli is remerging right now? And uh, what are your thoughts on some of those? Yeah, so, you know, the, the severity is actually pretty bad. Uh, uh, you know, just, just gave you an example. One of the veterinarian told us uh, maybe two years ago, you know, she managed about the 13 flow of pigs, uh, uh, in their system, um, you know, two years ago, there's only two out of this 13 flow are having these E. coli issues, maybe one or two periodically have this E. coli issue. You know, fast forward to this year, she was telling us nine out of that 13 flows are battling with these E. coli uh, issues. And, and you know, uh, that just tells you the, the, the prevalence of this issue, right? And also, you know, if you look, if you look at the, uh, the manifestation on the farm is pretty dramatic too. Um, you can observe about 100% morbidity because you know a lot of pigs are having diarrhea, right? 100% oh, wow. morbidity. Yeah, I mean up to 100% morbidity, and 10, uh, maybe 15 to 20% increase in their mortality from your baseline. Uh, that's on average, and there are some dramatic cases you can see. And increased the dramatic uh, mortality, so two to percent, two to three percent overnight. You know, think about uh, uh, a thousand pig barn. You know, one morning you have to pick up thirty of their pigs, right? So it's yeah. it's pretty pretty dramatic. Uh, as far as uh, the clinical signs, um, you know, typical E. coli type of uh, issue, it's loose stool, diarrhea. And also dehydration. Uh, if you look at their eyes, they all have this uh, sunken eyes. And, and some of the dead pig, if you open them up, they will have this uh, gut edema issues. And mm-hmm. Some pig will have a, a neurological issue, paddling issue. That's because that toxin, the single toxin, you know, gets to their brain causing, causing uh, you know, damage. So it's, it's pretty, um, you know, dramatic issues uh, uh, for producers. And there are, you know, of course, once this came out and people are observing this E. coli resurgent, a lot of groups are trying to understand uh, what's causing this uh, resurgent, right? Well, what are the, you know, why are, why are we seeing this more than two years ago, right? Um, so there's, a, there's a, several series um, floating around. I think a lot of them have um, good merit. And I would like to share some of that with you. Um, one 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 thing uh, you know. Let me uh, let me uh, on the causation of of this resurgence of E. coli. First of all, let me share with you some of the uh, diagnosis uh, we are seeing from the labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the lab are telling us? 
there are several systems that they're uh, they shared with us about the, their diagnosis of E. coli, and also Iowa State uh, uh, presented uh, some of that the data uh, with, uh, at the seminar hosted by Swan House Information Center um, about two months ago about the diagnosis they're seeing in the Iowa State D lab. Very surprising, at least to me, is uh, you know uh, looks like a lot of a lot of those systems are dealing with exactly the same thing. So it's all F18 screens. Um, you know, if you look at the diagnosis of the E. coli from, from the problematic farms, it's all F18 strains. And all, have, all of them has uh, the presence of this single toxin, which again causes edema uh, disease and neurological sign and maybe sudden deaths. And all of them has uh, presence of uh, both LT and ST which caused diarrhea and sunken eye. But one thing caught my eye is this um, very um, dramatic increase of this LT, uh, one of the toxin prevalence in this F18 strain. Uh, why is that? It's because LT, if you look at the historical data, this type of toxin is not typically expressed by F18 strain. It's, the, it's a volatile, one of the toxins expressed by, very prevalent by F4 K88 strain, but it is not a typical toxin expressed by F18 strain. So there may be something going on. You know, if you look at the Iowa State um, DLAP uh, data, the LT prevalence, for example, in 2017 in this F18 strain is only 50, 50%. Today, in 2021, you have almost 95% of the, that F18 wow. string are expressing LT, right? So you see a very dramatic increase in that LT. So if you look at that and compare it to the, you know, uh, uh, the literature, uh, it seems to be reasonable to me that we maybe are dealing with a more violent string, right? So, so maybe there's a, there's a more violent string are coming out are causing uh, you know, the, the, the resurgent of this uh, E. coli issues. That, that could be one of the, one of the reasons. Another reason, a lot of speculation is maybe there's a genetic component of, uh, you know, the genetic of a pig uh, component to it. Um, you know, the reason is, um, if you look at the problem, right, the problem is this F18 strain. But this F18 E. coli, uh, typically, um, for this F18 E. coli to be attached to the GI tract of a pig, the GI tract has to express some sort of uh, F18 receptors on their, um, you know, uh, GI tract epithelial cells so that the F18 string can attach and, multi uh, uh, you know, colonize uh, in their GI tract. But this F18 receptors uh, has a different uh, prevalence in different genetics of, of, of pigs. Um, uh, the reason is, um, you know, this is getting to the genetic of pigs uh, and uh, pretty fascinating to me. It's, the reason is, uh, um, you know, the, if you look at the genes of the pigs, the F18 receptor gene, the location of that gene is very close to the stress-resistant trait genes of a pigs. So what, that, what does that mean is, 
if you have a more stress-resistant trait of that pigs or, or genes for that pigs, you have a higher likelihood of having more F18 receptor gene expressed as well. So stress-resistant re, stress, uh, trait and the F18 receptor, they go hand, you know, hand in hand, right? So maybe, you know, uh, the genetic selection over the past few years, we're selecting for, you know, every, everyone, everybody wants to have a more robust and stress-resistant uh, pig, right? And we're selecting for that. Unfortunately, probably as an um, unintentional consequence, we're also selecting for a maybe higher F18 receptor in the GI tract that will cause F18, uh, you know, issues, uh, F18 coli issues. So, you know, if you think about today, we're using probably more Duroc line um, compared to a couple of years ago. Part of that's because stress resistant trade. Part of that is because meat quality trade, but that could be a, you know, maybe a contributing factor because they go, uh, they go, Hand in hand. And another another thing makes this E. coli resurgent very bad. It seems very bad to everybody. It's uh, you know the E. coli we're dealing with today. It's it's much more uh, uh, antibiotic resistant than years ago. You know you, again if you look at the Iowa State D labs uh, test, uh, uh, there the E. coli string we're dealing with uh, this year uh, in 2021 has much more antibiotic resistant uh, features than say, you know, 2017. Uh, uh, I also have heard from veterinarians, there are some dramatic cases on farm where they isolated this E. coli strain, sent it to their lab, and this E. coli are resistant to all the antibiotics that are available. So, so those uh, antibiotic resistant, of course, you know, if you don't, if they are, if they are resistant to antibiotic treatment, then you don't have tools to, to deal with those E. coli, right? Then the problem became a more, uh, more of a problem uh, for the veterinarians and also for the farm. So it became more visible, v- visible, I guess. So those are potential, you know, uh, causation for this uh, E. coli resurgent. Of course, if you look at you know last year with the slowdown with the COVID slowdown and solar plant, a lot of systems are uh, you know because of economic pressures are you know decided they need to feed the pigs uh, a little less dense uh, diet and you know so-called stone bone you know cheap diet and maybe that's that's one of the issues we're seeing the problem today too you know. So when you kind of look through all of that, then you see these farms with this E. coli outbreak. What is some additional severity that might come when combined with PERS or rotavirus or other issues? Yeah, so, you know, if you look at a lot of those systems, uh, well, first of, first of all, if you look at, you know, the, 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 the farms who has E. coli today, and if you look at the, some virus uh, background, you know, if, you, if you check the viruses in those things, those flows, you're always going to see a rotavirus in the background. Um, but, you know, how rotavirus, again, rotavirus is also a GI uh, virus, right? How rotavirus are contributing to the uh, 
and the manifestation of E. coli, especially today, it's an open question. I think that that needs to be mm. investigated by, by the veterinarians. Um, of course, PERS, it's pretty bad this year. And, and PERS is a, you know, if you look at PERS, PERS is a disease caused immune um, uh, depression, right? Uh, and, and, you know, PERS plus is, uh, bacterial uh, infections. And those are... Uh, if you combine those two, it's going to be more deadly than just one single factors because first you uh, um, suppress your, your immune system and then the bacterial cause even more damage, right? So um, that's definitely are contributing to the sort of severities of the issue we're seeing today. You know, the PERS, you know, yeah. that PERS we're having, having, having today. Absolutely. Um, so mm-hmm, go ahead. Yeah. So do you think that less digestible diets or cheaper diets may be contributing to the problem at all? Or what, what do you think some of the contributors might be around the diet? Yeah. So, you know, if you look at E. coli issue, right, it's largely a GI tract issue because E. coli colonizing the GI tract and the bad E. coli colonizing GI tract and causing issues at GI tract, right? And diet definitely uh, are, uh, you know, factor um, in this, Um and uh, just, you know, um, and, you know, we also know the undigested nu- nutrient, especially the undigested proteins. And once they pass into the large intestine, those undigested proteins can favor the, the pathogenic E. coli uh, uh, um, uh, mod- modification, right? So absolutely, there's a diet component to, to this. And again, if you look at last year, uh, a lot of system are, are forced to feed those pig really cheap uh, bone, um, stone bone type of diet. Maybe that's that's one of the issue. The diet are causing mm-hmm. causing this uh, uh, E. coli issue. And I can also share with you uh, a lot of the people we talk to. Some very interesting, at least to be very interesting observation. Some system really are having this big problem, E. coli, right? In, in a lot, lot of their pig flows, they have this E. coli. But there are some um, big systems, uh, integrators or big uh, swine um, companies, they don't have this issue at all, uh, this huh. F18 issue at all. So um, it's very, very interesting. And if you look at the, the uh, uh, geographic of, of it uh, seems like the eastern corn belt has less of issue than the middle west and now you if you compare the last year's situation eastern corn belt they were not you know they were not affected uh, as much as the middle west in terms of uh, slaughter plant shut down and and really you know slow down the pig right so again and, and eastern corn belt they were on a more normal flow and good diet and, and, and last year versus the Middle West that we were hammered hard uh, last year. So that could be another indicator that the diet, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a contributing factor uh, here too. Right. So could, could you outline, so, so around that diet side, could you outline some nutritional strategies producers can implement to help get pig started right and potentially control the E. coli related issues? 
Yes, uh, absolutely. There are several things you can do on the nutrition side. Again, uh, it is, this is a mostly enteric issues. Uh, therefore, we do think nutrition can play an essential role here. Uh, again, um, you know, uh, lower digestible protein into the hind gut will uh, worsen the, the case, right? So you want to use a higher or highly digestible ingredient, especially for, for those uh, uh, wean pigs and in the first two diet. Uh, there are some data out of the Illinois uh, where they looked at the digestibility, especially for vegetable proteins compared to wean pig and, and the grower pig. Wind pig, you can imagine because of their GI tract is not uh, uh, fully developed. They have a lower digestibility for a lot of those vegetable proteins, right? So try to use less of that and use a more highly digestible, you know, ingredient. That would definitely help. And the quality of your ingredients is also very important. Make sure you're getting your ingredient, especially the specialty ingredient, from a um, reputable, good supplier, Make sure you're not not bringing issues in you know, through your diet. That's also very important. Also, there are well proven supplements that that can help with the issue. Um, you know, for one of them are, are plasma proteins. Um, they have been well researched. Uh, there are a lot of publications looking at E. coli challenge and plasma protein. It will help with the E. coli issue. Zinc oxide is also very very important. Um, you know, you want to have a good amount of uh, uh, zinc oxide in, in the first one or two diet, and that will help with E. coli issues as well. A rolled oat, it's uh, the fiber in the rolled oat will help the GI tract to deal with E. coli issues as well. So those are the, from the supplement side will, uh, will help. And, and another thing is you want to make sure, um, you know, the first two diet of, of the pigs are typically a very expensive, good diet, right? You're feeding those pigs. You want to make sure uh, no matter they're big pig or smaller pig, they all get their correct feed budget, right? If you are allowing, uh, for example, three pounds for your first diet for every pig, you want to make sure that uh, every pens, uh, you know, uh, are getting that three pounds of budget instead of some pen consume five pounds and some some pen skip that uh, first budget. And you want to make sure, no, you want to make sure uh, they are correcting, uh, they are consuming their corrected budget. So, you know, those are the things that you can uh, you can do. Of course, in the nursery in the nursery bar, you can do a map feeding, guru feeding, and try to help the uh, pig to learn how to feed, uh, how to start feed, and, and uh, you know, guru feeding for the pullback pigs, and try to manage that uh, as well. What about from a management side? Uh, when you look at sow farm nurseries, what can they be focusing on around management to reduce the impact? Yeah, so sow farm is very important. Uh, um, the hygiene and sanitation of sow farm is very important. The veterinarians, the veterinarians uh, probably you work with or producer work with will have a very detailed uh, SOP and, and biosecurity procedure for you to follow. Uh, but uh, I just want to emphasize hygiene and sanitation is very important. Another factors in my mind are very important for sow farm is it's the guilt and cell vaccination protocols and also the, the classroom management. It's very important. You know, think about a baby pig, right? After the birds, they're getting the classroom from the, from the cell. What's in the classroom? Uh, 
what's in Klausma are important. It's the, you know, for example, the antibodies, immunoglobulins, and other functional proteins are in the Klausma are very important because those functional proteins and immunoglobulins will provide is a passive immunity. Basically, you know, before the gut closure, particularly it will get their immunoglobulins uh, from cells into their bloodstream, and that will help them to pr- uh, be protected, right? You want to have a good class management, make sure all the piglet born have, uh, you know, at least, uh, you know, 300 grams of class from every, you know, uh, every pigs. Um, so that that's required management uh, on your cell farm. And, and that's, in my mind, very important. In the nursery, again, hygiene and sanitation are very important. And also the heat is very important. The environment is very important because, you know, think about the baby pigs. Uh, you wean them from a very warm sow, uh, you know, lactation crate and go into, a, a, you know, a, a nursery barns. You want to make sure the environment is it's, uh, dry and clean and with good, uh, good temperature and, and good uh, humidities. And that will prevent a lot of issues with E. coli. Once uh, they got to the barn, make sure you're doing you know, map feeding, training them how to eat, and guru feed the pullback pigs, and uh, keep the guru fresh. And those kind of things will, will get them started, started right on. And, and once they started and they, they have established a normal life, that will help um, they, they deal with, uh, uh, help to prevent a lot of these E. coli issues. So Yanbin, when we look at uh, kind of wrapping things up here, one question I'd like to ask is, what's something about you most of your colleagues do not know? Um, I'm a very, <laughs> I'm a very, I, I don't know, open person. I, I mean, I think they know a lot of, uh, I mean, <laughs> a lot of, I mean, they know, they know me very, very well. I don't, I don't hide anything. <laughs> You got like a hobby or something you like to do in your free time, something unique? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like that, uh, you know, basketball. I do play that. But I would say, um, I would say this. Uh, I I almost became a bio, uh, not biochem. I almost became a chemist. Uh, huh. uh, yeah, in, in, in my undergraduate study, there was uh, probably a lot of people don't know this. Uh, I, have, I had an option to become a, either, you know, a nutritionist uh, working in animal, uh, on animals or become a, a chemist. Um, I, I was very good at, the, uh, you know, chemistry, uh, but I chose to be an animal nutritionist. What, what made you want to be an animal nutritionist versus a chemist? What got you? Is this interactions with good people, I guess. You know, I, I'm a person people person i would like to have that social you know uh, type of uh, uh working environment right to talk to people talk to uh uh, uh you know producers or uh, colleagues versus working in a lab i mean right so that, that's probably yeah. uh, <laughs> the reason if i look back so what is a golden nugget a word of wisdom that you might share with listeners that you've gathered throughout your life uh, open mind, you know, just be open mind. Um, you know, uh, there are, uh, 
you know, of course, there are rules, and you know, we learn from the school, we learn from others, we learn from uh, you know uh, authorities. But uh, keep a, keep an open mind and be critical about uh, what you heard and what you've been told. Well, we appreciate you joining us on the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been an honor to have you on, and I'm sure our listeners really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for doing this uh, with us, and then uh, thank you for doing this for the industry. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. <laughs>